There are those who say after music like that, preaching is a piece of cake. Thank you. The father of a friend of mine is 92 years of age. My friend recently asked his 92-year-old father, Dad, how have you managed to adjust to the tremendous number of changes this country, this culture has undergone in 92 years. His father's answer was clear and succinct. He said, son, always be careful and don't hang around with old people. (laughs) I believe there's a lot of wisdom in that response. We don't have much choice about growing older. If you haven't gotten your AARP card yet, it's in the mail. We don't have much choice about growing older, but we do have something to say about getting old. When you study the scriptures and get hold of God's vision for older adults, you begin to understand right off that God doesn't expect his people to get old. We get older, but we don't have to be old people. Now, any vision for the church has to begin with older adults. I'm beginning there for a lot of reasons, not the least of which is we have a resurgence of seniors in our time. We are witnessing many history-making events in these days. This is the first time in the history of our country, for instance, that we've had as many seniors as we have teenagers. And of all the people since the beginning of measured time, of all the people who've ever lived to be 65 years of age and older, one half of those people are alive this very day. The group of 85 years of age and older is the fastest growing age group in America. As a matter of fact, that group is growing six times faster than any other age group. We no longer raise our eyebrows at someone being 100 years of age. From 1980 to 1990, the number of people who were above 100 years of age tripled in this country. Our health care, our nutrition... Our medicine has advanced to the degree that the RAND Corporation is now predicting that by the year 2000, we will have seen our life expectancy jump to 90 years of age. Any church that expects to have a future, 
must first cast the vision to the older adults. For if they do not get the vision, we don't have any hopes that their children or their grandchildren will get it. And because we have such a growing number of persons in this age group, we must begin to understand that these individuals need the guidance, support, and direction that only the church can give. It takes a lot of courage to get old, even older. I tell you, I read the other day that suicide in this country is now the tenth leading cause of death, and it's going up every year. The feeling of despair that brings one to the point of such desperation that one takes one's life. There is a lot of loss in retirement years. Think about it for a moment. As one gets older, one loses one's parents. Many times, one loses one's mate. Statistics show that at least half of us will grow old alone. One loses siblings. One loses all the social contacts that one enjoyed uh, during the time of one's working career. And oftentimes, when seniors give up that job, they, they experience the loss of income, the loss of purchasing power. And the longer they live, the more inflation erodes those savings so that that purchasing power continues to erode. More than that, they are experiencing the diminishment of, of physical strength. They have lost in their position in the world of work uh, a sense of, of worth, a sense of self-esteem, so many, many times they begin to feel worthless and useless because their family has grown and scattered and their, quote, working life is over. These are actually times of, of great desperation for many people. And we think about adjustment, and we think about um, teenagers and, and the turbulence of those adolescent years. But when you consider how the encroachment of years begins to make a, a year seem like a month, and people are filled with a deep spiritual hunger because they're forced to re-examine their understanding of God, the whole meaning of life, they're beginning to come to terms with the ultimate issues. When you look at all these factors, then you begin to see that a person in retirement years faces more change and more adjustment than even someone in the turbulent adolescent years. It is important, then, that the church cast the vision for the older adult and whatever future that church has. Now, our society is not doing very much to realize that biblical norm that says a white head is the crown, is a great crown of glory. Well, we aren't doing very much with that. In fact, for many of our seniors, that white hair, those advancing years, has meant the beginning of loneliness and depression, a sense of worthlessness and despair. Loneliness that brings people again and again and again to the point of desperation. More than that, they are called to live out their lives in a society they would oftentimes treat the older person like a throwaway object simply as a penalty 
for having lived so long. Dr. Robert Anzinger, who chairs the College of Emergency uh, Room Physicians in this country, Dr. Anzinger has estimated that every year there are between 100 and 200,000 persons who are brought by a distant family member and deposited and abandoned at the emergency room across this country. Maybe 200,000 people who are simply left there because by the year we reach 2,000, half of the people in this country will be cared for by senior citizens. Senior citizens whose own children are senior citizens. And when you have a 90-year-old being cared for by a 70-year-old without commitment and support and spiritual strength, something has to give. Such treatment of the aged is not in keeping with God's will for his people. The prophet Isaiah has declared God's vision for older people when he said, I am your God even unto your old age. And even unto your white hairs, he said, I will carry you and I will deliver you. And if you need that spelled out even further, then look closely at our text for the day, the last uh, verses of this 92nd Psalm. You will see there God's vision for his people. You will see him saying in verse 10, I will exalt, or he will exalt the horn of, of, of my, he will exalt my horn like the horn of a wild ox. Well, you say, I haven't seen anyone with a horn lately. Uh, maybe not in anybody in your immediate family, uh, though sometimes we suspect there are people for whom a horn might be appropriate. But I need you to understand that, that the Bible uses uh, horn in a different sense in that the Bible uses horn symbolically. And, and the symbol for the horn is power. So God's vision for his people is, as we move into our older years, that we get a new power, that we get an, an eternal vitality, that he exalts our horn, our power, like that of the wild ox. Uh, do you remember the first time you heard someone say, he or she's as strong as an ox? Of course you do. Well, this is where, we, this is where we're coming from, that, that he's going to give us power in our older years. That's the will of God. More than that, he, he says that he's going to pour fresh oil on us which is another way of saying he's going to anoint us again with his spirit. We aren't going to have to hold on to some almost forgotten experience with God back there. God wants to continue to anoint his people to fulfill the prophecy of Joel when he said, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh, and, and your old men and your old women will dream dreams, will be dreamers because of this mighty force within us. More than that, he goes on in those next verses to say, my people will flourish like the palm tree, and they will grow like the cedar of Lebanon. The palm tree noted for its, its grace and beauty, and every part of the palm tree is so useful, 
So, so that, that's the medicine for that feeling of uselessness. God's people will grow like the palm tree, the, the palm tree, the genius of which that tree can stand in the face of a hurricane. It has learned how to bend and, and can survive every single storm. And then he said, grow like the cedars of Lebanon. Out of the cedars of Lebanon grow with majesty and strength. They sometimes reach 120 feet in height and 40 feet in girth. Well, let's not talk about the girth as we get older. Let's just talk about the height, the majesty and the strength of the cedar of Lebanon. While the inner walls of Solomon's temple were trimmed and decorated with with cedar from the cedars of Lebanon. And, and, and the psalmist goes on to spell out God's vision for his people. And then, then, in a wonderful way, he says, they will bear fruit in their old age. Now, when you're bearing fruit, you never get old. You t- the, the concept of being productive and as being useful, Jesus knew how important that was. He said, I have appointed you to bear fruit, and your fruit will abide. Your fruit will abide forever. You'll bear fruit even in your old age. Wesley prayed again and again, Lord, let me not live to be useless. The toughest thing for any of us to face is that illness that makes us feel useless. How, you say, can someone be productive in in one's later years? Because the Bible says God wants to keep his people full of sap and green. Now, maybe that doesn't sound too great, but it is. And by green, he doesn't mean the green of youth. We can't go back to the springtime of life. Who would want to who's learned how to live? We can't go back to the green of life. He isn't talking about perpetual youth. He's talking about the freshness of age. The freshness of age. Like Moses was fresh. They said about Moses, his eye hasn't dimmed. His natural force hasn't abated. He was more than a hundred years of age. Why, he he was rich in memories. He was long on understanding. He was mature in wisdom. What a man! What can God do with people like that? What is there to block a vision like that? One of the first things that comes to mind to me that could block it is the terminal generation mentality. That's what I call it. I don't know if you've noticed, but back when we were about to go to war with Iraq and then went to war, we had all kind of bestseller books on the end of time. We have people who've who've majored in the end of time. I believe there'll be an end of time, but I've never been preoccupied by it. Why, they they did a reissue of Hal Lindsey's book, The Late Great Planet Earth, ran off 200,000 extra copies because everybody was writing a book about the end of time was turned into a bestseller. You remember Hal Lindsey's book? He was the one who said the end of time would come within 40 years after the establishment of Israel as a country. That was 48. And so as he came up to 88, he, he refigured and said he had miscalculated. He, he should have figured from the unification of, of Jerusalem in 1967, so he got 19 more years. And, and we, don't mind, we don't mind if people want to be preoccupied with that. We don't quarrel with people about that. 
But uh, the danger is that if you get preoccupied with the thoughts of the end, then you lose the big picture. You, you don't have a vision anymore. What if God decides to wait 2,000 more years? What if God decides to wait 3,000 or, or 4,000 more years? Where's the big picture? 28,000 people are coming to Christ every day in China, in communist China. Just because Christianity is on the decline in the West, uh, Asia's coming alive. Bruce Olson, one of our missionaries in Colombia, is working with tribes that are a part of a Stone Age culture. There are 2,500,000,000 people who have never heard the name of Jesus Christ. And the last thing on earth we want to do is stand before the judgment throne of God one day and have God ask us, why did you want to leave so early? Why did you want to cut out when there was so much work to be done? Now, what if our forebears had had a terminal generation attitude that theirs was the last generation? What if they had? We worship in a building that is housed this church. The church is not a building. We worship in a building that is housed this church for 81 years. This is the fourth building that is housed the church called First Methodist. What if when they built that first building down at the other location, what if they had said, this is it. This is the ultimate expression. This is as good as it can get. This is the best. We'll have to make do with what we have here because it don't get any better than this. What if they had said that at the end of the second or the third we wouldn't be here. But they never permitted themselves to fall into the terminal generation mentality. Nor can we. We have a vision for this church. It begins with older adults. It begins with those who, as it says in verse 13, have been planted in the house of the Lord. Now, if God wants to plant older adults in the house of the Lord then the house of the Lord ought to be set up to deal with older adults. I therefore dream of a day when older adults can drive to this church in absolute security, when they can drive past a uniformed guard into a covered shelter and know they can walk into the church under a shelter. I don't believe it's anywhere written in stone that in order to worship with the people of First Methodist, you got to get wet on a rainy Sunday. I don't think anywhere I don't find that written in the Bible. Nor do I think people who sit in wheelchairs in our services and want to go to Sunday school should, should have to go outside to get inside or else have someone big enough and strong enough to carry them downstairs. I believe we should encourage independence and strength in people as long as they live and in order to do that, we should have facilities, restrooms, and the whole works that accommodate people in their older years. I believe it's God's purpose for us to flourish as older adults. I believe a part of that flourishing is the spiritual renewal that only the church can give. 
John Wesley was scandalized to discover that a preacher in his 50s was, as someone put it, only half a preacher. John Wesley said, what has happened to the man? Has he forgot to pray? God expects us to be alive and growing as long as we live. Not only does he expect us to flourish spiritually, but he wants us to flourish physically as well. Those who have studied the issue are now saying that many people go to nursing homes and other health care institutions prematurely simply because they have not cared for their bodies physically. And I don't mean just walking. I'm talking about some muscular exercise that will keep the bones uh, dense and strong so that they don't succumb to this wobbleness that causes so many to fall, dizziness, or simply lacking the strength to go up and down stairs. I, therefore, have the vision of taking the Quillian Center, which no longer serves this church and has not served this church for many years, of taking the Quillian Center and joining it to this church, to the sanctuary, to the building of the sanctuary and the rest of the buildings, and having one campus where older adults can flourish physically and spiritually. I have a vision of our church having an adult daycare center that will be open to all people in this city regardless of their ability to pay. I don't think just millionaires should get good health care. I think those who are burdened with a heavy responsibility and cannot pay for help should be able to bring their loved one to the church knowing that that loved one will be loved by us and cared for so that they can have four hours or six hours or eight hours to go to the beauty shop, to go to the grocery store, to the movie, or whatever gives them uh, some relaxation and some freedom from that heavy responsibility. I believe God wants us to care for our people like that. I am encouraged because there are those who share that vision. I think of that old Midrash literature story about the man who was trying to get someone to plant a tree. He asked the grandson, who was in his 20s, he said, I'm too uh, busy, I can't do it. He asked the father, who was getting up toward his middle years, and he said, I'll never live to get the fruit off of it. So he turned to the grandfather and said, how about you plant it? He said, I'll be glad to plant it. He said, I'll plant it for my great-grandchildren. You see, it's the older adult who can plant the tree. It's the older adult who has the perspective, who has the power, who has the will, who has the ability to see, having gotten some perspective on life, where life ought to go. I think about that older adult who came to my office not long ago. She's 85 years young. She's been reading the Long Range Planning Committee reports. She's seen the evidence as it's converging and mounting. And she asked me, do you think our church is going to move? And I said, I believe everything I've read and studied so far points in that direction. Yes, I believe it will. She said, I think it will too. She said, I'm rearranging my affairs. I'm making $100,000 available to help in that project. I believe it's absolutely essential for the future of our church. And as that 85-year-old young person left my office, I thought about MacArthur's old speech. <clears throat> old soldiers don't just die, they just fade away. I remember the line he had in there when he, when he said, we don't get old, 
merely by living a certain number of years. We get old when we give up our ideals and we surrender our dreams. Friends, I want to grow older with you, but I don't want to get old. I have a vision for our church, and I pray that you will consider this vision prayerfully. Amen. I want us to sing the first, second, and last stanzas of our hymn of commitment. Let those who share our vision and want to be a part of the life of this church come forward quickly as we stand and sing. so good to be back with you and thank you for joining us we'd love to have you come and be a part of the vision and future of this church please let us know if we can help you god bless you